Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The panel. 23 past 10 time for the panel. Aidan McLaughlin joins us out of the Hawks Bay, having deftly avoided having to sit through a 660 concert on the weekend. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very good. Thank you, Ricardo. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thank you. And uh, Ben Strang as well joins us. G'day, Ben. Kia ora, Ricardo. Kia ora. You managed to uh, sidestep 660 concert this weekend as well, I hope. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, good, good work. Good work, gentlemen. Um, all right, let's uh, let's start with the panel. And I don't think we can go past the Black Ferns as our, as our number one uh, this week because it was an absolute nail-biter. Uh, against the French. It was a great game, one of the best of the tournament, maybe one of the best rugby games of the season, I'm hearing people say. Uh, what was your takeaway from that game, Aiden? and how many fingernails did you have left at the end of it? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, there wasn't much fuss about uh, the Blackburns clashing with 6-6 at McLean Park this week, was there? We kind of got on with it. But, um, no, I, I did manage to watch the game, which was, which was good, and... Um, yeah, it was a really, really exciting conclusion. My mother-in-law watched the game as well, and she actually said to me afterwards that she couldn't watch the end. She had to go into a different room, which I think probably summed up the feeling of a lot of people. And she kind of came back out a few minutes later expecting the French to have nailed that kick. But, um, yeah, I think I think it was it was a, just a really good occasion. Even though there was only 20-odd thousand there, only in inverted commas, um, you wouldn't have thought so by the atmosphere that we could all see on the, on the TV and if you were there. So Blackburn's... They played the way that they have been encouraged to play, which is to play with um, no inhibitions, play what you see, go for it. Was there a couple of times they, maybe they could have made different decisions? Absolutely. And I think that's probably something that Wayne Smith will gently uh, incorporate into the conversations this week and say, look, you know, go for it. That's the way you play. But still, there's going to be occasions in a World Cup final you might need to breathe a little bit and just think about the options in front of you and make a decision from there. But... Very exciting week ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Aidan is referring, Ben, there to, you know, four minutes to go and Kendra Coxedge, we were, we were point up, uh, get a penalty and she decides to tap and go rather than, you know, try and wind the clock down and kick for the line out. Or, you know, is, is that just a bit of game smarts or is that following Wayne Smith's game plan to the nth degree? <laughs> it's it's hard to know because it's, it's very nervy to watch that sort of play. I mean, I, I think there is some tactical... You know, sort of look at this. They've they've figured that France are insanely good defensively. They've got a great defensive structure, so the quick tap and goes can maybe catch them off guard. But with four minutes to go, with the game so tight, maybe the timing of that wasn't amazing. Maybe they could have kicked, and I, I do know that Wayne Smith sort of suggested that maybe they could have kicked a little bit more. Um, at the same time, 
as Aidan mentioned, I mean, it was such an amazing game of rugby. It was rugby played the way that people probably want it to be played, uh, especially in New Zealand, just running the ball from, from everywhere, essentially. It would have been a, a less exciting game if they had kicked more and they hadn't taken all these quick taps and that sort of thing. The other, the other thing, you know, is was it helping to run France off their feet? Um, you know, tactically, I'm not sure if it was. They seem like a pretty fit side and that some of our players seemed a bit gassed by the end as well so it'll be interesting to see what they do against England if they if they take those tactics on which I, I think they will yeah, I think you're right. I think they probably will. It, it seems to be the way to uh, play the the more physical Northern Hemisphere sides, just just, just run them off their feet. It's just about uh, trying to kill the stoppages, uh, basically. Uh, now, the, speaking of that, the All Blacks beat Wales. Uh, well, they, they gave them a hiding in the end, 55-23. to 23. Um, Ben, your takeaway from this, I mean, Papali played well, Cody Taylor played well, Aaron Smith wound the clock back. Uh, what, what was your big takeaway? Uh, it's very promising, uh, on the northern tour, but I'm just—you want to see the consistency now. So if if they can perform in a similar way for the next two matches in the northern hemisphere, then I think that shows that there has been a significant improvement in the way that the team is playing and maybe a, a form uptick for some of the players. I think it has, you know, Smith definitely, um, Aaron Smith definitely wound the clock back um, with that sort of performance. Uh, but Papa Lee is definitely the. Intriguing one for me, Sam Kane obviously out. Um, there's, there'd been so many calls for perhaps Sam, Sam Kane to be dropped for the, the captaincy to maybe go to somebody else during this horrid run of form. So it, it really raises the question of whether Dalton Papali'i can, can seal that spot and, and whether he is the better option in the seven jer- jersey going forward. I think there's going to be a lot of questions asked at the end of this series if these players do continue to step up. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting one, isn't it, Aiden? Because if you think about the way Papali'i played, we know that uh, Luke Jacobson is is somebody that they like as well. Uh, we know that Ethan Blackadder is back next season. Um, you know, there's a few options there. It, 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 you start to look at the options around that loose trio. Uh, Hoskins Satudu, maybe a Cullen Grace comes in. You've got Shannon Frizzell. You've got um, Akira Yuani as well. It, you do start to scratch your head and think, if you're not first choice, should you be captain? And is first is Kane uh, Sam Kane first choice if he's fit? When you look at the options that they've got, well, for me, he's not Dalton Papalihi. Uh, I would have had as first choice before now. Um, I think that the the game on Saturday, Sunday morning, our time was his best performance in an All Blacks jersey, and I think it's probably just something we've been all waiting to happen um, because. He has shown that form at super rugby level and we've, we've kind of felt he's the next, the next man in line for that seven jersey. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Foster does. Foster has been very loyal to Sam Kane. He named Sam Kane as his captain uh, very, very early before there was any hint of a, any matches, never mind any squad announcements for the All Blacks. Uh, and he was sitting there as captain for three or four months. So he's always remained loyal to him. The question is now how, how far do you take loyalty? At what stage does Dalton Papali's performances say enough? Um, we need to just, this is who we need to stick with. This is the best player for now. And you say to Sam Kane, okay, you, you might have a role in the squad, in the wider squad as a leader, but you're not our captain anymore. Someone else will be the captain and you will not be a, a, a guaranteed starter. So I think it's extremely interesting the next couple of weeks to see if, if Dalton Papali, I'm not sure if he's going to play this week. I think he'll definitely play against England. 
can he maintain that form and really send Ian Foster into the Christmas break with some, some positive problems? Yeah, positive problems indeed. Well, there's a few of those. We'll talk more about those as we continue the panel after the latest in news and sport with Aroha. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Twenty-eight away from eleven here on the panel, and Ben. Uh, just something else that I, I think is worth a chat is about the hooking position because it feels like at the moment the third hooker for the World Cup is very much up for grabs. Um, I've talked about it before as well that Dane Cole's great player, but his calves seem to be really a problem for him. He's going to be nearly thirty-seven come the World Cup, uh, and there doesn't seem to be an out-and-out option there uh, as a third hooker. I mean, Amua's been talked about. Uh, they've taken McAllister and Bell as well up there. Uh, I think uh, the guy from Hawks Bay, Aidan will know whose name escapes me at the moment, also gets to go, but I, no sign of Kurt Eklund, who did so well for the Blues, was very good for the uh, the Māori All Blacks against the Irish as well. What do you think the deal is there, and who do you think that third hooker should be? Jeez, it's um, it's an interesting one. Yeah, Dane Coles has been such a fantastic servant in that jersey. He's kind of, um, in my opinion, he's changed the position during his career from you know, being somebody who just tried to sort of stay out of the way, do their job in the set pieces, to real attacking threat with the ball, almost like a third centre at times out near the wing. It's um, it's amazing the way he has played during his career and now you've got Cody Taylor and um, and the likes, you know, taking it to another level. It's um Tokiaho has to be the, the starting hooker for me. He's just so um, he's just absolutely brilliant with the ball. His his set piece play is solid and, and um, he has to be that, that top hooker. Cody Taylor We'll earn that that second spot, and then the third spot is, yeah, it's um, it's it's all up in the air. I, I don't know how they're they have to give somebody uh, a run out. They have to have to be looking closely at these All Blacks 15 matches to understand who's performing well. But I think it's just going to be all to play for during Super Rugby next season. Whoever steps up and has the best season, I think they're just going to have to go with them. Yeah, Aidan, I mean, for you, having a look at it, can you figure out what Kurt Eklund's done wrong and why a bloke who's the Māori All Blacks starting hooker against Ireland can't even feature in our top 60 players that are up in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment? No, I can't. But then if I look back a couple of years, then there was a very similar um, uh, situation with a certain hooker that played for the Magpies and the Highlanders for many years, wasn't it? You know, he, he never was able to break into that that all-black squad, and I just think we're seeing something relatively similar with Kurt here. Um, for me, the hooking position, I think, I think it's almost similar. If you look at the the halfback situation, where this season we've had Aaron Smith, who's very experienced, and then we've had two uh, younger halfbacks um, initially until uh, until the injury, uh, which has brought uh, Brad Weber back into the, the the fold, and now TJ Paranara back into the fold. I think. I think one experienced hooker out of three in a World Cup squad is enough, especially when you look at Samasoni and the fact that he is the undisputed number one. I think Cody Taylor fits in well then as the, the next best, the experienced option. But for me afterwards, I think at the moment, uh, Amoa is going to be the one. But I do agree with Ben that I think we do need to see Super Rugby play out. Um, I personally think that there's a lot of good hookers, but they're all of a similar level. So one manages just to, to edge ahead during Super Rugby. That could be the definitive uh, action there, I think. Uh, the likes of Tyrone Thompson that you, you referred to, I think they're post-2023. 
I think you know we can we can look a little bit ahead for, for the likes of them, but there's still three or four in the mix, I think, for next year. All right, let's uh, move on to the T20 World Cup. It's it's really given us everything, hasn't it? We've had the Proteas choking, Australia failing to make it out of the semis, the Black Caps making it to the semis. Uh, it's it's been a fantastic tournament. I'm not the biggest T20 fan, to be honest. It's probably my least favourite format. But man, I've been invested in this in this World Cup. Aiden, what's what's been the moment of the World Cup for you so far? I, I've struggled to go past the very first Black Cap performance, to be honest with you, Ricardo. That that performance against Australia just really... The way they came out and set the tone for that match with Finn Allen uh, playing so well early on, it just got the Aussies on the back foot. Um, and it's actually shaped that group because of the victory, the margin of victory um, in that game. It actually has had an impact on, on all the games going forward. The range played a part, obviously, as well. But who knew that it would be such a huge game for the Black Caps? And I just think that the way they played is where they need to get back to if they're going to go ahead and win the next two games, which I think they're perfectly capable of, but they need to get back to that strong start, really dictating terms to the other team, Pakistan in this case. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I think, it is, I think it is a tough semi-final, And I think, you know, if I look, Pakistan have won four of the last five T20 encounters. They had three very recently, of course. Um, so we we just don't know what Pakistan seems going to turn up, do we? Um, hopefully for the Black Caps, it's one slightly off. Yeah, all right. Uh, what about you, Ben? I mean, the standout moment of that T20 World Cup for you, is it like Aidan's Australia uh, getting rolled by the Black Caps so significantly in the first game? Yeah, I mean, as one singular moment, yeah, I think that was an astonishing performance and a, and a wonderful way to start the World Cup and it sort of set things in motion for, you know, as Aidan said, for this pool but also for just the games that we have seen. I, I guess before that, the um, the playing matches to the to the, um, to the group stages were also just um, quite phenomenal at times. That You know, Namibia beating Sri Lanka and then not being able to escape their group. Um, the... West Indies not making it out. Um, it, there's, there's been so much happening, and then since then, um, you know, it's uh, the minnows getting up for wins against teams that you would never expect has been fantastic. I don't think there's been a bad game during the World Cup. We're, just when you think a team is out of it, um, they'll need 60 off the last five overs or something, and they're six down. Say they they somehow get within a, a shot of winning it. You know, it's. Um, it's been quite phenomenal to watch, and it is refreshing to see South Africa decide to uh, choke uh, before they get to the semi-finals this time. <laughs> Last night was just quite quite remarkable watching the Dutch and you know New Zealand's own uh, uh, Logan Van Beek being being part of uh, part of that victory. Um, yeah, quite astonishing, really. And to be honest, Pakistan though they give me the heebie-jeebies. Um, it's not the matchup I would have wanted in the semi-finals. No memories of Inzaman Al Haq haunting us. Um, yeah, it's interesting too. I saw this stat: twentieth edition of Men's World Cups, either ODI or T20. The very first time that the South Africans, the Sri Lankans, the West Indies, and the Australians, none of those four teams will be there for the very first time, which I thought uh, was an interesting stat. Gentlemen, let's finish with um, Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, he decided he was going to come back uh, and box, uh, and he took on a 48-year-old who weighed 154 kilos about three weeks ago uh, and got knocked out in the fourth round. Uh, is that him done, do you think, Ben? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, Mark Hunt's a fighter. Um, Sonny Bill Williams is a is a rugby and league player. I, I think that's the big difference. Uh, uh, no disrespect to the 
wee boxing career that Sonny Bill Williams had to, to go 10-0 and or whatever it was. But um, Mark Hunt's fought much tougher opponents and is clearly a fighter. So I think with, with Sonny Bill Williams, he's got a... Um, He's got a young family who um, he adores. He's got a, a good career, it seems, in some some sports broadcasting in Australia, which I think he does a very good job at. He gets great quotes out of players. He he um, he just does a really good job at that. I don't see why you'd risk all that to to jump in the ring. I don't don't know that he needs the the money from the pay per views or anything like that. I just. Uh, Stick to the broadcast and enjoy the family. I think um, it's got to be the way for him in the future. Yeah, it sounds like that's the way going forward. Aiden, what was your takeaway from that? Yeah, pretty similar, to be honest. I think uh, even the comments he made after the fight, you could sense uh, there's, little, excuse the pun, there's little fight left in him. I think um, he acknowledged his family, acknowledged his wife looking after the kids for the last few weeks during the build-up. Um, and he said he said himself, I'm not even sure if I will fight again. So I think w- when you start talking like that after a fight, yes, there's disappointment, but if he was going to fight again, I would have expected to see a little bit more positivity out of him saying, hey, look, you know, we'll go back, we'll regroup, we'll go again. There was none of that. And I agree with Ben. I think, you know, he's got a good career there in the media. Um, yeah, I think he knows deep down himself it is time to to exit the stage. Yeah, I think so. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time this morning uh, and joining us on the panel. I really appreciate it. Go well, Ben. Cheers. I thought we were going to talk about Man United losing to Aston Villa, but that's fine. I'm uh, no, okay sorry, without that. You're breaking up there, mate. Can't hear you. <laughs> uh, and uh, Aidan, thank you as well, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Go well, gentlemen. Uh, that has been the panel here on SENZ. It is uh, 18 away from 11. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.